Move Forward Radio is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at MoveForwardPT.com. You're listening to Move Forward Radio, a podcast featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts with advice on how you can move forward. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Eric Reese. Cancer survivors have a higher prevalence of falls than do people who haven't been treated for the disease. The risk is even more pronounced in cancer survivors who are older. What's worse, various significant health consequences of falls may be more likely and extensive in cancer survivors. The good news, though, is that such individuals hardly are doomed to sustain external and internal injuries and falls. In fact, there's much that can be done to mitigate the risk of falling through both education and proactive steps. Here to speak with us on matters ranging from the dimensions of the problem, the reasons for increased falls susceptibility in cancer survivors, and the red flags to heed, to the ways in which physical therapy can help and the types of community resources to look for is Elizabeth Heil, a physical therapist with considerable clinical and research expertise in this area. Let's listen in as Elizabeth shares her insights and advice. So Elizabeth, cancer survivors have a higher prevalence of falls than do people in the general population. Before we get into the reasons for that, how much higher prevalence are we talking about? What, what are some statistics that you have that might illustrate the extent of that additional risk? There's actually pretty powerful statistics about the issues of falling in general. We also know that in Medicare beneficiary data, fall rates can be much higher, more like 40 to 50% of people falling in the years after a cancer diagnosis. For example, individuals with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in Dr. Wang's research, actually 45% of them fell in the first year or two after that diagnosis. And then a group from Oregon has done a lot of work in breast cancer, and their work suggests that as many as 50% or more of their people that are in their research are falling. And those individuals are often, of average age, even less than 60. So we're looking at individuals without cancer definitely falling at higher rates than their peer groups of the same age who've not had cancer. This body of evidence is really growing, and we know that individuals with cancer also are more likely to fracture when they do fall. So it's really something that we need to do more about. It occurs to me that obviously people who have cancer, their their bones may be more brittle and, and so on, but what are some of the reasons why cancer survivors in particular seem have a higher prevalence of, of falls? We're not 100% sure, to be honest with you, so research is ongoing in that area. There certainly are some reasons that appear quite clear. Some of the reasons are really related to the cancer themselves. Individuals may have a cancer that is of the brain or the spinal cord, and those are body systems that are critical for balance. So if you have cancer in those areas, then it's going to affect your ability to balance when you walk. But we know that cancer treatment side effects also impact many of the organs and systems important for balance. Among those would be your eyes, vision changes, for example, with chemotherapy. The inner ear is used for hearing, but there's also a critical balance center in your inner ear. 
the feeling from your feet can be affected with chemotherapies that cause something called chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy. So that's a side effect a lot of survivors experience, and it interferes with balance. We know that now. Muscle strength, becoming weak from different treatments, can definitely impact your balance. So some reasons are fairly evident. Some reasons are less well understood for sure. Even if cancer isn't actually in your nervous system, there's some suggestion that just having cancer in your body changes the immune system and your body knows the cancer is there and that can affect areas where there is no cancer. So again, maybe the brain or the nerves in the hands and the feet, even if they don't actually have cancer, there's changes in hormones in the body and immune cells in the body that could change their function. Let me go back to that, just to, just to be clear, the, the difference between cancer being in your nervous system and being in your body. So there actually can be cancer of the brain, a brain tumor. You can have a cancer of your spinal cord, and that tumor growing in your spinal cord can affect the nerves that carry feeling from your feet through your spinal cord. So maybe you can't get that sensation anymore, or it will very often affect movement. So tumors in the brain or the spinal cord can actually present almost as though you've had a stroke where one side of the body is weak, and that definitely affects your walking and your balance. But that's really its own very clear issue, where for other individuals, it's much less clear why they're falling. For example, women who have had breast cancer in the past, that evidence is fairly strong that they're at increased risk for falls, yet they don't have usually a tumor that's anywhere in their central nervous system. The tumor's in their breast or was in their breast and is now gone, yet they're at increased risk for falling. So we think it has to do with some of the treatments that were received, and those treatments can affect the nerves in the feet causing neuropathy. Or um, another area of research that actually I've been able to study myself is in breast cancer or some of the hormone therapies cause pain syndromes. And so women will have pain in multiple joints and muscles. And when we looked at a group of women who experienced that pain syndrome, their balance was worse than other women of similar age with breast cancer who took the same drug but were not having the pain syndromes. So we know that side effects like pain and fatigue can actually affect balance. Can you talk about in what ways can falls more severely affect the health and function of cancer survivors than might be the case for people who fall who haven't had cancer? I think the best way to answer it is, again, to kind of start with a discussion of older adults because we know that falls are such a problem for them. So if we think about some of the reasons we worry about an older adult falling compared to, say, a young child who falls all the time and just jumps back up. And so we worry as people get older that they're more likely to get injured. You mentioned earlier brittle bones. So people begin to have osteoporosis or even just osteopenia, where bone health is not as strong as it used to be. Well, individuals with cancer can have problems with their bone health because of the cancer itself. So there are cancers like multiple myeloma that actually affect the bone, and so they are more likely to fracture, or it can be the side effects of the cancer treatments. So radiation therapy for a period of time 
will weaken bone that has been directly exposed to the radiation. We know that some of the hormone agents can weaken bone, and some treatments throw women into early menopause, maybe decades earlier than they would have otherwise gone through it. So we talk a lot about it being almost a case of accelerated aging, where someone who has cancer and is in their 40s, maybe because of the treatments they received, some of the systems in their body are functioning more like they're 50 or 60 years old. So really, if, if we think that we're throwing people ahead and aging a little bit, that's why we're so much more concerned if they fall that they're going to be at higher risk for injury. A very good example I can give you as well that we really worry about is falls can change the course of treatment for our cancer survivors. Unfortunately, we had a patient not long ago who was too frail to have a bone marrow transplant that the individual needed to save their life. They worked really hard to prehabilitate and become stronger, and they actually were able to have the transplant. They actually were able to have a second transplant, and they passed away only because of a fall that they sustained because they had peripheral neuropathy from some treatments. Unfortunately, they fell and hit their head. So they made it through the cancer treatment. They fell and actually died from the fall. So we worry a lot that when people lose their balance, if they injure themselves, if they break a bone, there could actually be maybe next week they were going to have a surgery to remove their tumor, and now that surgery could get put on hold for six weeks while their fracture heals. What are some red flags that may signal that a cancer survivor may be at higher risk for falling? We don't know all of them, but there are certainly some that would lead us to tell people to come see a physical therapist, talk to your doctor about what you can do. So I'll kind of list those. One is certainly changes in feeling in the hands and feet, and not just numb hands and feet. Feeling tingling and other sensations that are consistent with neuropathy, if you feel those feelings, it's not too early to have your balance checked. Some work out of Oregon, and Carrie Winterstone, one of the researchers who's done a lot of work on that, and she found that individuals with neuropathy symptoms were almost two times more likely to fall than those without those symptoms. So if you're having the symptoms, go ahead and get your balance checked. Changes in vision. Most chemotherapies will cause vision changes. They may be temporary, but during that period of time, you're not seeing as you usually do. Vision is very important to balance. And some of the things that are done to fix our vision as we get older, for example, starting to use bifocals as we start to have trouble reading, actually are not particularly safe when you're walking in unfamiliar environments. So there are changes that we can look at there. Weakness. If you're feeling weak, especially in the lower body, in the hips, the knees, the feet, that's concerning and could definitely signal that you're at higher risk of falling. Feeling lightheaded, especially when you stand up or change positions, those are things we can further evaluate and often something can be done. Feeling dizzy. If you feel like you're spinning or things around you are spinning or even just moving, or even if you just feel uncomfortable when you're in an environment where things are legitimately moving around you, people, cars, so you feel kind of emotion discomfort, those are things that we do hear survivors complain of after they start treatments, and those are concerning. Fatigue and pain are the top two symptoms reported by cancer survivors, and both of those things have been associated with falls in other populations and older adults. 
changes in urine or bowel function, especially leaking urine. So you don't have to be fully incontinent, but if you're just feeling some leaking or some urgency, we worry that that will put you at higher risk of falling. It leads to, for one, trying to rush to get to the bathroom when perhaps you're off balance. So I know Min Wang and her colleagues found that prostate cancer survivors, for example, who are incontinent of urine are over one and a half times more likely to fall. And finally, if I think the survivor is often the one that can tell that they just don't feel like their balance is what it was before. They're maybe tripping or stumbling, but they're not actually falling. You can actually fall out of a chair or into a chair, and it's still a fall if you didn't mean to sit down in that chair. So one of the biggest red flags is starting to lose your balance. And then, of course, anyone who's fallen, once you've fallen, you're at a higher risk of falling again. So once you've fallen, we definitely would want you to bring that up and get help, but we'd really like to see people bring it up long before it gets to that point. It occurs to me that particularly in, in older people, they might be reluctant to announce or to admit to the fact that, that their balance feels off or maybe even that they've had a minor fall or something like that. Should part of the advice be to family members to ask those kinds of questions about cancer survivors who might be having trouble with their balance? Definitely. I'm a huge advocate for everyone talking about this more, family members and also healthcare providers uh, at all different levels. I think instead of just asking people about falls, which I think we do a better job of, and in the cancer setting especially, we do ask people if they're falling as they come in for their next chemotherapy treatment. But I think we need to go one step further and ask them, are you losing your balance? Are you sometimes stumbling or you catch yourself with the wall? Because really that's when hopefully by that point you're not injured yet, and that's really when we should be intervening. So I would recommend, too, I think, I think you're right, people hesitate to bring it up. And maybe that's because they don't fully understand that things can be done. So I think you're less likely to bring something up if you think nothing can be done about it. But we know that rehabilitation is effective for individuals with balance disorders, especially older adults. There's now pretty good evidence for some of the approaches that seem to work. There's not as much specific evidence yet in cancer, but there is some evidence growing, and there's certainly anecdotal evidence with individual patients. So right now we kind of follow that aging body of literature with the approaches we take. So yes, I would say bring it up. Bring it up early. Don't be afraid to say, I feel off balance. Sometimes it requires a medication change. And it's not something that even requires a lot of work, but it's very important. So bringing it up may have a very different effect than the individual thinks. And if you have a serious injury, then it's going to come up anyway, but it's going to come up very differently and make a huge difference in life and maybe change, as we mentioned, the course of cancer treatment and life for a while. So we have survivors tell us they worry that treatment will be stopped. So they don't admit that they're off balance or that they're having numbness and tingling or that they're even falling because they're concerned that their cancer treatment will be stopped and they need that cancer treatment to live. And I would say that's another thing to still bring up to your physician because long before they stop treatment, they're going to look at maybe just decreasing the dose or giving you some supportive interventions to make sure you don't fall while you're getting treatment. A quick break to tell you about Choose PT the American Physical Therapy Association's National Public Awareness Campaign. 
America is currently in the grips of an opioid epidemic. In some situations, dosed appropriately, prescription opioids are an appropriate part of medical treatment. But opioids only mask the sensation of pain, and opioid risks include depression, overdose, addiction, and withdrawal. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is urging healthcare providers to reduce the use of opioids in favor of safer alternatives like physical therapy for treating pain. Learn how a physical therapist can help you at moveforwardpt.com slash choosept. And now, back to this episode of Move Forward Radio. You mentioned physicians. Obviously, they play an important role in, in treatment of, of people who are surviving cancer, but physical therapists almost also play an important role. In, and can you talk some about the ways in which a physical therapist can help lessen fall risk in cancer survivors? Yes, and actually, I think physical therapists play a critical role. And one of the things we can do First of all, uh, that I'm an advocate for and we have a program in my clinic is to go ahead and screen individuals before cancer treatments begin. I think that should really start to become the standard of care. So we know that some people are coming into cancer treatments and they already have a little bit of a balance issue. And a little bit of a balance issue is still enough to do something about. So it's really up to that individual. But I wouldn't let anyone else tell you if your balance is bad enough that it warrants further attention. So that person can seek out a physical therapist for a balance screen or a full balance evaluation. And you can start working on interventions even as you're undergoing treatment. So we often think about, as we get older, trying to keep our cup full, build our reserve of strength, of balance, of everything that helps us stay strong and healthy as we age. I would say the same thing with cancer. Build your reserve as you go into treatment. Yes, you may lose some function during treatment that hopefully you will get back after, but the higher you start, the more reserve you have, frankly, the more you can lose before you're really going to have something serious happen. So our goal really now is to get people as strong as possible, have the best balance possible, get as fit as possible, and then sustain that during treatment so that you're not really losing much at all through things like what we call prehabilitation. So we can see you, we can do the evaluation, we can educate you, and then we can personalize a program to meet your lifestyle. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, Elizabeth, about the physical therapist's role in helping the uh, cancer survivor build that reserve? I guess we'll start by talking about some other falls risk strategies. So sometimes we build that reserve through activity, but some things we do that also seem proven to help are educating patients about falls. So talking about falls and talking with that person about times when they may be in situations where they're at higher risk because modifications can often be made. So identifying things in the home, removing trip hazards like throw rugs and cords, adding brighter lighting at night, checking footwear, making recommendations for safer footwear options, even inside the home when many people might choose to walk barefoot or wear an old pair of ill-fitting slippers that place them at risk. In the winter, there's footwear options if you live somewhere that gets icy or snowy. Teaching patients strategies for those that do feel lightheaded at times, that can often be something called orthostatic or postural hypotension where your blood pressure is dipping and we can test you for that and we can talk about strategies to manage it. And often your physician can change your medications. 
helping the patient to understand that they can remind their physicians to review all of their medications together because different people give you different medications, different physicians that are responsible for your care. Having a single person take a look at all those medications, having a single physician look them over is one of the biggest things that we're told to do now to help people decrease their fall risk. And then, of course, one of the things physical therapists are great at is prescribing an exercise program that's individualized for that person and that has components that have been shown to improve balance. And that can be attending physical therapy in a physical therapy clinic a few times a week, but it can also be things that they can give you to do at home because not everyone can make it to physical therapy multiple times a week, especially while they're undergoing cancer treatment. So it's important to know that there's lots of options and you can start them and you can and should be exercising while you're getting cancer therapy. It only helps you get through the treatments better, the radiation and the chemotherapy, while it also improves your balance. We know now that through our aging literature that some exercise programs, some of which are really fun, seem to be very effective at lessening fall risk. One study that was done in 2013 showed that women who participated were about 60% less likely to fall than a group of similar women who didn't participate. So that's a huge difference made, and that was over a period of about six months. Others that maybe have gone out a little bit longer, a year, have also shown similar benefits. I mean, fall rates can decrease usually by at least 25%, and again, sometimes as much as 60 or 70%, depending on the study. We're not 100% sure what the program should exactly look like, but we do know some components that seem to work for people. We know that strength training seems particularly important. We know that adding balance activities that challenge the individual, that are doable, but also challenging, seem to really improve balance. And that's the piece that can sometimes be best done when it's individualized for that person. And when that person has cancer, we individualize it for their cancer journey, the type of cancer they have and the type of treatments they will have or have had. So we think that's really important. I think one of the biggest points to make is the best exercise options may really be different for each survivor. So group programs have shown benefit, absolutely, for older adults with balance problems, and group exercise is great for many reasons. But even the best group to join, you know, whether it be Tai Chi or um, I just saw something about a group doing Argentinian tango, I believe, and what you do may be different for each person. And it also matters that you like it or you're probably not going to stick with it. So we really say that one size does not fit all for cancer survivors, just as one size doesn't fit all for anyone who's going to try to exercise and really stick with it. I was going to segue into a question uh, about uh, community resources that cancer survivors can tap, but you know, it, it occurred to me as you were talking about group activities, what are some possible group activities that there might be for cancer survivors in, in any given community, and do you have to worry about whether, like you, you mentioned, like tai, tai Chi and things like that, is there a danger that the people who are leading those classes might not know enough to balance that program for a cancer survivor? And what do you have to be on the lookout for there? 
Yes, I think that's a great point. And actually, that's one reason why even if you're going to participate in group exercise, it's not a bad idea to see a physical therapist first because a physical therapist, especially one who has a history of working with cancer survivors and understanding the treatments and the side effects, and then also perhaps seeing a physical therapist who works with individuals specifically with balance problems, which can be a neurologic physical therapist. Those individuals will really be able to help steer you in the right direction for the type of program that would be best for you after they do an evaluation of your specific balance issues. Because two people can be falling for very different reasons. So just because you're falling and perhaps your neighbor's falling, the systems in your body that are deficient and contributing to those falls may be completely different than those of your neighbor. And because of that, in physical therapy, we would take two very different approaches to rehabilitation. So we may recommend group programs for both of you, but we may may recommend different group programs. Then when you get to that group program, it's always a good idea to see who is leading it, what is their background, and how much experience do they have with people who have a balance problem and also with people who have a history of cancer, and then making them aware of your deficits so they can work with you, keep maybe a special eye on you, adjust some of the group activities for your specific deficits. Sometimes things can be done more than one way, and certain individuals in the same group during a group class have an alternative way the teacher can show you to do that activity. It seems to me that I've seen in uh, brochures that have just arrived in my postal mail, hospitals often have classes that are specific to cancer survivors. Do they not? Yes. There's actually opportunities cropping up in lots of different places, which is great to see. But yes, hospital systems, some physical therapy programs, outpatient clinics specifically cater to cancer survivors now, and some of them offer group classes. Some of your YMCAs and other gyms, and, and not the YMCA certainly has a history of running some great programs, but there's also other gyms that are starting to run programs catering to cancer survivors. And then we know through health insurers, sometimes there are, you know, silver sneaker type programs that people can participate in, and those individuals who lead those are becoming more aware because there's always been cancer survivors in those classes, but they haven't necessarily stepped forward to let the leader know of, that they're a cancer survivor and that they have a balance problem. So it's really also about helping to spread the word of raising awareness on all sides of the issue. So let's kind of uh, take things, uh, wrap up by taking things full circle and, and sort of going back to general advice that you might have for cancer survivors in terms of how they can best place themselves in the best position to avoid falling in the first place and uh, perhaps to, to better guard against any recurrence of falls. I really think that the best approach is to remain aware, to realize that your balance may decrease and your fall risk may increase as part of the cancer diagnosis but that there are things that can be done about it. And the more that you are proactive and remain aware of it and raise awareness of the people around you, the more that we hope can be done about it. So tell people you can seek out a physical therapist, as I mentioned, before you ever start treatment. During treatment, bring up any changes you're feeling. Go ahead and tell your physicians, your nurses, 
seek out physical therapists in the community. Most communities have direct access now. Most states um, have direct access. In fact, I believe all states have direct access. So you can actually go see a physical therapist without a referral. Now, your payer may require you to have a referral, but you can go see a physical therapist for an evaluation. And then just continue to keep everyone aware, stay active. We know it's very important. One of the things that we do caution people is a lot of times walking is the most recommended activity for people just because it's readily available. It doesn't require driving to a gym or spending money. But it's not the best solution for everyone. Some people don't live in communities where it's safe to walk or safe at certain times of day. And that may be from a crime perspective, but it could also be from a terrain perspective. Sometimes sidewalks just aren't very safe. They're cracking and uneven. And so if you're starting to develop a balance problem, walking may not actually be the best physical activity for you right now for exercise. And so that's another reason why you may want to talk to a physical therapist, because if you're off balance, there are still ways to strengthen and to work on your physical fitness while also working on your imbalance. And that's really what we'd like to see more of. Well, Elizabeth Heil, thanks so much for speaking with us on Move Forward Radio. Thank you. You've been listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or find previous episodes at moveforwardpt.com. Move Forward Radio is brought to you by moveforwardpt.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at moveforwardpt.com.